I am so sad to say, guys, but this is our very last and final midweek conversation. But don't worry, we try to make this incredibly special by having two just angels of people here with us. Don't laugh at it, y'all. It's true. Uh, to talk about this midweek soul care conversation on selfless compassion. So uh, I want to introduce who I'm here with. We have Haley Patterson. Good to see you, Hello. Haley. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Good. And we have uh, Dana Curtis. Mm -hmm. Hi, Dana. Hey, how are you? Okay, so <laughs> I'm good. Very excited. I'm sad to see this come to an end, but there's no better way to drive this you know, car off the cliff with, than with y'all two. So let's just do it <laughs> just together. Just drive right off the cliff. <laughs> yeah. So the first question we've been asking folks on this is, how do you spend your days? So Haley, why don't we start with you? I uh, parent two small children with Brian Patterson, and I work for a nonprofit called Red Oak Hope. Uh, we provide care for women who are survivors of sexual exploitation, and I'm the director of our Austin program. Awesome. And you might know Haley from singing up front. Uh, she has a voice of an angel. <laughs> Would you give us a little bit? Absolutely not. Okay, cool. Our best. <laughs> And what about you? How are you doing, Dana? Um, wonderful. I am a social worker. I work with mostly children pre-K through 12th grade, um, and I do therapy with students in the school-based setting. Um, but when I'm not at school or working, I am most easily found spending time frolicking in the fields with my puppy. Oh. Um, you guys are both frolicking. Yes. We're both, no, I get down and dirty with it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I'll be looking for you in fields yes, nearby. you can find us too. <laughs> All right, so this is our final soul care conversation. We've been walking through this series. I hope it's been meaningful for y'all. I know it has been for me. We've been walking through this series just talking about what does it mean to be soul-filled people. And I find it really, this was very intentional, that we began this conversation by talking about what does it mean to befriend our soul, to have a relationship with our soul. We talked about having slow down spirituality and about how the pace and the rhythm of our life does violence to the soul. We did interior examination. We talked about having relationships that are part of our soul care. Uh, and we intentionally wanted to include this conversation at the end of this dialogue, which, which is, there is a type of soul care that's discovered in pouring yourself out, uh, in living with selfless compassion towards other. So my question is, why are acts of service and compassion for others essential for soul care? I think it's mostly essential because it's something that is so rooted in biblical foundation of serving other people. Um, I think that it genuinely rejuvenates yourself. I think we oftentimes find ourselves, anytime we're asking people intentionally how they're doing, how their grandma's been going, like just those intentional questions, we connect with people on a deeper level. Um, and that not only benefits them, but it also benefits us. Um, and I feel like I see that in my work that I do and also even in community generally. Um, I think that this idea of selfless compassion comes either super naturally to some or some people we have to work towards it. Um, but it's definitely something that, that energizes us like what you're talking about too. Yeah. I think like if the end goal of soul care is not to just be really good at yoga or like, <laughs> like really super introspective. But if the end goal is to be, you talked about this a little Sunday, like 
healthy integrated humans that are part of his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven then that proximity to suffering breeds more compassion which then breeds like more acts of compassion which then again like leads us back to jesus who fills our cup to be able to like go out and do these Mm -hmm. things over and over so it's like this cycle of being filled up so that we can and our souls being filled up with like relationship and time spent with the lord kind of like part a b c d and however many parts there were to the series i can't remember all the time but like leading to this it's just this beautiful cycle that allows us to have this holistic kind of yeah just integrated way of being I think too, like you touched on it a little bit, but when we're in that close proximity with people, when we're connecting with other members and beings of creation, we're able to see where they are in life, Mm -hmm. whether that's in the good, in the bad, Mm -hmm. um, and still see how Jesus shows up through all of it. Um, And I think that one thing that I have gotten a lot out out of this series is it is twofold, where we can't just be doing serving and serving and serving, and we also can't just be pouring only into ourselves. It really has to be both um, and that they work so collaboratively with one another. Um, And it's kind of what keeps us going as humans um, just because we're driven and built for that connection and wanting to maintain that close relationship with other people. So the interesting thing is I know that both of you do this professionally. You are in contexts where, whether it be social work or in the context of this working in this nonprofit, where this is kind of your job, but this is, I, I kind of want to push back on the idea that this is mission trips, these are projects, this is just a way of living, right? Yeah. In the relationships that we surround ourselves with, the neighbors that bump up against our life, this yeah. is about constantly living with awareness of the opportunity to live with compassion. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are some pitfalls towards living always with that kind of pressure. Um, so what are some of those potential pitfalls that, as you see, uh, I'll start with you, Haley, in trying to live with selflessness and try to live with mercy for others as a part of soul care? To touch on a little bit what you said about just the inclination towards serving without filling your own cup, like that is one of the pitfalls there. There can be like an identity, and I speak this out of like a person recovering from this thing, but like an identity and doing the thing that's putting others' needs before your own and um, and looking compassionate and engaging with like care for people, yet not actually doing the deep introspective work and contemplative work of being with the Lord and like m- navigating and managing and mm-hmm. like interfacing with our own souls mm-hmm. in a way that then allows you to do it in a healthy way. Um, because what that will eventually lead to like down the road is burnout that will lead to um bitterness i feel like because the words selfless compassion i mean that means we are not expecting like a reciprocation of something from someone when Mm -hmm. you do a thing that's compassionate um Mm -hmm. which is exactly how jesus navigated relationships with people but also it's hard when you start you know from a place of complete depletion to not expect someone else to fill your cup right Mm -hmm. like another human if you're doing all of these kind things and um i think that's like one of the things that i've appreciated about even the intentionality of the ordering of this sermon series um and it's very Mm christ-like 
I even thought about that with the scripture text for the Sunday. So Jesus shows up at the temple, mm-hmm. turns over tables and says mm-hmm. that this is to be a house of prayer. And then the next verse, he's healing people. Mm-hmm. So the, it's like this, the temple as a place of prayer and healing mm-hmm. and service. Mm-hmm. Like even, it's a both and, it it's not either or. And it goes yeah. together. And it goes yeah. together. Mm-hmm. What are some of the pitfalls that you've seen, Dana? I think, yes, falling into not pouring into myself 1,000%. And that's something that this series has shown that in running into burnout as well, like it is so needed to be poured into and to put that effort into pouring into yourself too, like mm-hmm. taking the time to do those things that fill your own soul. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I feel like I've really leaned on with this is is that self-care isn't selfish um, Mm -hmm. and that it's really being a good steward to the one thing that the Lord started you with, which was yourself Mm -hmm. um, and making sure that you're still pouring into yourself so that you can give out to others. Mm -hmm. Um, I think also too, when we think of self selfless compassion, um, I think sometimes we throw boundaries out the window and we Mm -hmm. just say, these don't exist. And I don't think that that's, the exact same thing. I think it's still healthy to have those boundaries. Um, boundaries are good for you and for the other person because it allows you to love that person or that thing with every part of your being in the best way that you can with that limit mm-hmm. in place. Um, and so I think that when we eliminate boundaries, when we think that we just need to completely give up ourself, that's when we start to lose that other half of it. Yeah. Um, and it's and it's a good thing to have that mm-hmm. boundary too. Speaking about boundaries, back to that, um, it's hard. It's a lot of hard. Yeah. It's really hard, especially because many of us have been told that self-care is, is a form of selfishness. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, we are called to serve and to give with little regard for ourselves. We are called to have the same mindset of Christ who made himself absolutely nothing and became a servant to all mm-hmm. with the promise that you're storing up blessings through your service. Oftentimes, this kind of leads to being burned out and exhausted. And honestly, I've seen a lot of people become jaded and cynical towards the church who have given us that message. So how can we be careful to not make serving others a way of devaluing ourselves and depleting ourselves for the sake of others? Gosh, what did you say that was so good? (laughs) Sunday, being in... Oh, yeah, that's uh, Robert Mulholland. Yeah. Rather than being in the world f- or being in the world for God, yes. being in God for in the God world. In God for the yeah. world. And so that, like, in God, that piece of, like, taking care of our relationship, mm-hmm. like, vertically with him. Um, because he has so much to offer us by way of healing mm-hmm. and, and, like, wisdom on how to even go out into the world and engage mm-hmm. with humans. Like... I think that was a really, really simple and beautiful picture. And it is, it is actually simple, like in explanation, like Mm -hmm. being, um, in God for the world and also the only way to avoid burnout. Cause there have been seasons where I'm like, no, I'm good and (laughs) I'm fine. And then, and then I'm not because I've muscled through and, and I start getting agitated Mm -hmm. with like the work or with individuals when 
like the, interruptions. Yeah, like, interrupt, like, yeah. Whether it's my, it'll be like really, really hard day at work, and I'll hold it together, and then my child will be like, "But I need another apple juice," and I'm like, "I'll never do that." <laughs> I have nothing to give. I've so got nothing else. <laughs> so, like, so I'm like, oh, "Okay, there's uh-huh. a thing there." So yeah, like that is how we get to burnout. Yeah. Is, yeah. Well, even Jesus modeled this, right? Jesus modeled what does it mean to be in God yeah. and for the world, not against the world, and not try to like a crusade kind of posture, yeah. but Jesus was actually really good at boundaries. Mm-hmm. He was very good about escaping, fleeing, mm-hmm. disappearing, and he seems really different to popularity. Yeah. Um, yet, he had this servant availability. He was highly interruptible um, when he was present. And I think our Savior has something to teach us about how to live with those boundaries. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's really sometimes difficult for us. And I think too, like the accountability that your own community brings you also. Like there, mm-hmm. even within this series, even within my Vine group, there have been moments where I've been challenged of, are you pouring out too much for other people? Are you still engaging and caring for yourself? Mm-hmm. And so having just community there to look out for you and yeah. help you realize things when you're not because burnout hits you mm-hmm. when you're not expecting yes. it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so having people in your life that can, can, can help guide you right. through that season is really good too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. It makes me think of Jesus's commandment to love others as you love yourself. Mm-hmm. And I, I think we denigrate the idea of loving self, but until we know what it means to be beloved by God, Mm-hmm. Uh, to care for ourselves, and we, I think, are ill-equipped to learn how to love people well. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious about who has loved you well. What's been, if you can think back to your own life story, what's been maybe an act of service that someone did for you, big or small, that has made a lasting impact? Honestly, I feel like I have so many, thankfully. Um, A couple that come to mind in the most simplest ways are people who have just shown up physically, um, whether it's friends who live states away giving me a call when they know that I have a doctor's appointment coming up or when I am showing up to my grandma's funeral and a friend of mine from college is there. Like just little things that I wasn't expecting yet reminded me that those people were still there. They're still available in times of need, um, that they still care even when I might not talk to them, when I might not see them in a while. Um, Just like having them be physically present Mm -hmm. or even, like I said, through text over the phone, Mm -hmm. show that they're available has been really huge for me. Yeah, I chose to ignore the very last part of your question. Wait, which was what? <laughs> the lasting impact. Okay. Meaning that this is not that long ago. Okay. I said it was Monday. And <laughs> Monday. It's still happening. No, so but. Yeah. No, so I was just on sabbatical um, from my work and my sweet team led by Heather Moga, who is a fine community member, covenant member. <laughs> Say that right. Um she so they just to have the gift of sabbatical to like be able to take that time off after serving you know with Red Oak for about seven years was in and of itself like so enough and um she just really let out the team in really sweet send-offs um Mm -hmm. in a way that felt like extravagant to me Mm -hmm. like she gathered a bunch of notes from people that that she knows from different like parts of my world 
um, and gifts and like it was just extravagant and and kind of sent me off in this sweet way and then while I was gone they're like running a transitional home for individuals who are coming out of sexual exploitation and they painted my desk like <laughs> in the most beautiful way oh, and sweet. then like received me back with like flowers and uh, just tenderness and so, so just like these are people that are like in the day-to-day work of of justice and so that's really difficult and um like i just keep going back to that picture of jesus choosing to wash the feet of his friends in this like really tender way and and there have been many times in my life where i feel like that has has been the case Mm -hmm. and this was just like a really sweet recent example of yeah just being Mm -hmm. loved well that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Mine was uh, when I was in middle school. It was just the most miserable time of my life. Like I, as it is, as it is for many <laughs> of us. Which is so funny because we used to meet in the middle school. And I'm like, why would we have her ever have worship service in the worst place in the world? Mm-hmm. But I mean, my goal was to be unseen in middle school. You know, uh, pimple-faced, awkward, scared, and uh, I had a youth minister by the name of Kevin Bowes. When I look back, he's probably 22 at that time, right? And But he was a grown man to me. And he would pick me up about once a week. And we would just drive a, around Dallas and hit up as many 7-Elevens as we could, trying to find the best Slurpee. And that marked so much of like this really tender, delicate mm-hmm. time in my life. Mm-hmm. When I just, there's at least one person who knew me. Yeah. And uh, it also formed how I saw Jesus because mm-hmm. he was hilarious mm-hmm. and uh, an adventurer and a memory maker. And it formed my view of who Jesus was. And kind of like what you were saying, like how people have served you, Dana, is just being with you mm-hmm. and the power of friendship mm-hmm. to be there. So, uh, we're having this conversation, this final conversation on Holy Week. So we are right now uh, on Sunday was Palm Sunday. We are here on Tuesday. Uh, we have Monday, Thursday coming up on Thursday, which is this evening where we are uh, reminded to follow the mandate or the commandment to, uh, to love one another, to serve just like Christ washed, washes disciples' feet. Uh, we have Good Friday, the day in which Jesus uh, embraced the cross and we have Holy Saturday which is this mysterious day where we remember that in Christ God died for uh, for a day and then we look towards Easter so I'm curious what does this conversation mean to you this idea of compassion selflessness and service what does this conversation mean to you on this holy week that we are living in right now yeah I feel like it's such a tender time to be having this conversation I think like um as I get older maybe question mark I don't know if that's the the factor but I I become just more in love with Holy Week and just journeying with him through it and so I feel like this idea of I mean the most um the most suffering the most sacrificial thing that that God could have done um, for us, for his son to walk through this week 
um, for both the people, again, like the intimacy of his relationship with the disciples and, and, and serving them in his final moments and, and preaching to them and providing them words of comfort, like at, after the verses from this week, like going on to the rest of Mark and how he talks, like just so much life and hope and peace and comfort over his friends who did not understand what was happening. And then, um, yeah, to just journey with such, and then his, the next thing he does is go be with his father and mm-hmm. like retreats. And mm-hmm. so it's just, again, he retreats before, um, walking to the cross. And yep. so just like the sweetness of that compassionate proximity to mm-hmm. both his closest friends. And then as a result, all of mankind, mm-hmm. womankind, humankind, mm-hmm. like is just really profound to me to be having this conversation then. Mm-hmm. And I think, too, this probably is obvious for a lot of people, but that that Jesus died on the cross for everybody and that it wasn't something that he particularly wanted to do. I don't think that that was an enjoyable thing for him in that that moment. Yeah, Yeah, but at the same time, it it was something that he selflessly did for other people despite their feelings towards him, despite whether or not they approved of what he was doing um and i think that that really challenges me to live that out that Mm. there are going to be people in this world that aren't accepting of the love that i give Mm -hmm. Um, and that doesn't have anything to do with me um and that is something that i should continue to live out in love and not let that be a deterring factor um and to to keep trying and to keep loving people through and through um and to not let it be something that is given up on so quickly because if the cross was given up on we would be in a whole other different place than we are today that's the paradox of the cross right mm-hmm. and that's the paradox of following jesus this idea is the more that we pour ourselves out the more we'd be filled i mean jesus even said uh, said, those who leave filled will be empty, and those who are empty shall be filled. And there's a type of emptying of ourself that does uniquely and mysteriously fill us as well. And uh, so thank you guys for filling our listeners' hearts and souls with your words. Thank you for your example as well with what you do. Uh, and let me just share a prayer as we conclude this time together. Holy Jesus, the one who had taught us a life of downward mobility, who lived your final days in service and care of your beloved friends, the one who embraced the cross and said to follow you, I pray that you would fill us with compassion and courage that we could walk this world with souls filled not only for ourselves, but for the sake of this world whom you love, that you would fill us with your compassion and your mercy. Teach us to love others as we have learned to love ourselves. And we thank you, Jesus, for your work this Holy Week, for your experience on on Good Friday as well as Easter. And so I pray that we would look towards Easter and begin to live into that reality day by day. Through Christ we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you all. Yeah, thank you. Oh, I didn't record it. You're joking, right? Would y'all mind if... This is an opportunity for you to serve. Unreal. Wait, are you joking? This seems like.